Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. I was just so sad that we were singing Jesus fill your lambs and all this stuff and everybody looked so serious. I mean, I was like, wait a minute, guys, stop the train, camel, wherever you are. And uh, aren't you listening to my sermon? Where are you? (laughs) He's not going to learn anything if he doesn't. Anyway, I I, I just think, don't get so serious. God wants to work with us, but we got to be a little bit, you know, free up the, you know, flexible. You know, this story, I, I, I listen to sermon after sermon about this story, and all they ever do is insult these people who are questioning Jesus. There's always a sentence like, well, they really didn't understand, as though somehow we do. I, I just want to mention to you that if somebody actually got healed, who you were told was born blind and was a beggar on the street, you might ask if you were being scammed. Wouldn't you? I would. I mean, maybe they're making money out of it. You know, people do. All those pictures of people who lost 300 pounds, but there's no skin attached on the internet. You believe that? You know you're being scammed. They're airbrushing. And then, and then this whole issue, you know, the whole thing about the being, it's, it's really clay that they're putting on his eyes, the kaolin. Kaolin is really quite effective. It's an anti-inflammatory. If you went to the Golden Door for $3,000 a day, I'm not kidding. If anybody wants to pay for me, I'll go. Um, they would put kaolin all on your face to suck out the poison. Whether it would help, I don't know, but you'd be paying a lot of money, and they'd put a little oil in it, too. And, you know, also, kaolin uh, reduces fevers. It was, a, it was a pharmacological thing that they used uh, in, in, when they had it. I'm a potter. I've used kaolin on pimples. Anyway, by the way, you didn't need to know that. And then also this idea of spit. You know, in the, in the, in, in the uh, magical papyri, we read that spit is often, it's considered better if you spit into the kaolin than if you use regular water. Just saying. So we ask questions like this. This is a, and this idea of asking whether it's on the Sabbath. Let's not get haughty about that. The, the thing about the Sabbath is it's what God said we had in order to get better. I mean, I remember my father eating Fleischmann's margarine to make his heart better. That was idiotic, but he didn't know it. He was trying his best to follow the rules. Processed food, don't, you're supposed to live longer, I guess, if you don't eat it. And this idea that he's a sinner, well, that is a problem. If you pay a lot of money to a therapist, they'll tell you, I promise you, at some point during a session, someone will, they will say, how are you doing with self-care? Yeah, are you a sinner? Are you attacking yourself with cigarettes or whatever it is? Or... 
And then this healed man so reasonably starts teaching after he's healed. And if you've ever been around anybody who got anywhere, like, you know, they started on a bicycle and they became a Peloton maniac. And all of a sudden, you've got to hear all about their Peloton experience. <laughs> well, of course. And of course those guys are ticked off at his little rant about how he knows things, and he doesn't. I only know that I was this, and now I'm that. I can't tell you more than that. We would piss you off. I mean, <laughs> thanks for sharing. It's not helping me. And then also, I want to say that remember something about the mindset of the people he's, that we're talking to here. And it's very much like ours, because this healing story is meant for us for today. It's about healing today, God healing today. We're going to learn about that today. We're going to learn about how God heals today, because this is a useless story if all we're going to get is some kind of history lesson. But those folks had their mind on David. You remember, how it was beautifully read, the, the story of David. You remember the part where it says he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes? Yeah, well, they loved David. David was the Abraham Lincoln of, of uh, his, their history. Back in the days of Abraham Lincoln. Da David, look, when David came, they learned how to make iron. Uh, it's like the time of the chip. And the whole world changed. And the temple was okay. And people were, it was running. It was the last time there were the 12 tribes of Israel. Everything breaks up after that. It's a mess. It was back when Gunsmoke was on every Saturday night. <laughs> Some of you don't get that, but that's, that's okay. You should. Um, you can buy the entire series for $160 on Amazon right now. It went on for 28 years, so you have a lot of television. Very well written. Um, so that's their kingdom reality. And... Uh, we have a kingdom reality. You have an idea in your head of what's true. And if something comes up against it that you don't think is plausible, you would say, well, I, I'm sorry, that's not plausible. I mean, you would say that. You would be blind to a new reality. When I was in abusive relationships in my life, please relate to me here, and I know you know this, I couldn't see that there was another way. I couldn't. I thought it was the only way. I, I, I believed that I had to cheat on my taxes when I was a potter because it was the only way I could make it. I didn't believe that it would be possible for me to obey the law and also feed myself, but it was. I learned, I've learned that it is. But when we're in any kind of sin, we don't know that. We feel deeply that if we give it up, all will be lost. And it feels that way, and sometimes things do get worse before they get better. But Jesus, Jesus comes and announces this new reality. He says that there, he has come to bring the kingdom of God here. Now, before this, sin, which relates to being sick or dying or anything that's horrible, when you hear sin, think 
everything that's yucky, everything that hurts, war, crime, death, children starving. But, you know, in the, in the, in the Old Testament, we don't see many healings, by the way. There aren't, there's a few, but not that many. And they're usually related in some level to something that has happened. This happened, and then this sin occurred. But on, in the advent of the New Testament, when Jesus coming with his kingdom, he says that sin is spread evenly across the entire world. It happened on, with Adam and Eve, with the serpent. It, it, it is evenly distributed. It is in all of us and everywhere. It's darkness. And he has come as the light, the kingdom. So, our, so if we're going to talk about healing, we need to talk about the kingdom reality, the light that has come into the world. That's what touches this man, who, by the way, doesn't even know anything about it when he's healed. His first experience of that is that of being healed and going down to the river, washing off the kaolin, right? And he has no idea why this has happened. It's going to become clear to him after the fact. So it's nothing that he has done. But, you know, we live in this weird world of the kingdom has come, but it doesn't feel like it's really come. Sometimes it feels like it came, but then it feels like it's really not here. And that's very scriptural. I mean, Mark 1.15, Jesus says the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is near. Well, thank you, you know, okay. In Matthew 12.28, the demons dri are driven out by God's spirit. And he says, now the kingdom of God is upon you. So there's a war going on the demons, who, by the way, show up the minute there's a, a Jesus' power starts to be displayed and uh, show up also in the man's life because the minute he, you know, after he's healed, it gets driven out, right? He's not popular. You might not be either. Um, in Luke 17, 21, it says the kingdom of God is among you or with you. In 1 Corinthians 10, 11, it says, the fulfillment of this age has not yet come upon us. Then later it says, it has come upon us. I mean, I come to the point when I read these scriptures and I say, make up your mind. What it's telling us, I'd say, is that there's tension in this thing. And as we mature as Christians, we need to learn, and we, we do learn, we have no choice. I'm not in favor of it, but apparently we have to have it, that there's tension. In Hebrews 6, 5 is my favorite one. They tasted the powers of the coming age. That's like... That's like the kingdom came near. And we hear it in the Lord's Prayer, don't we? Thy kingdom come thy will. on earth as it is in heaven. And that bread that he's talking about is not physical bread. He has that whole fight with the, 
with the disciples about it, where they think it's actually bread. And he goes, no, I'm talking about the kingdom. I'm talking about feeding you. And isn't that really the issue? Because it's so easy to hear things, you know, to hear that you're forgiven, but so hard to receive it, to let it in, to let it pour over you, to let it heal you, that you really are forgiven, to see the blood that Jesus poured out and say, yes, yes, oh my God, you did that for me. And, and, and that feeling that we have, we can, I see it sometimes in people who see it in someone else. They can't, they can't see it in them, but they see someone else forgiven and they start to cry. And of course, why are they crying? Because they're forgiven. Yeah. But this man doesn't even know who did it. And yet, it's pure grace for him. It's a kingdom reality. The kingdom touched this man. So, are you interested? Would you like to know how you get healed? I mean, that's where we are, right, on the sermon. Is anybody interested? Do you think I'm going to get there? Will I get there? You, are you, are you, you, think I got, you think I got it? You think I might have some information for you? Are you open enough to think that I might have something that you haven't heard before? I'm just saying. Well, one thing I want to say is that touching stuff, you know, people, when I'm in Ireland, some people say, I've got to go to church, I've got to get communion. They, they used to do, what they do is they get into communion, they've missed the whole first part, they know when it's about to come. Then they get out before the, the announcements, which go on forever, so that they can get to the pub. I, I just want to say, that's not helping them. It's not helping them. You know, they used to sprinkle indigenous people with water to baptize them, sort of throw the water on them. That was cruel. It meant nothing. People who are baptized as infants and never, ever, ever have the opportunity to receive Christ. You know, Joyce Meyer always says that you can stand in a garage. It doesn't make you a car. <laughs> Isn't that right? I mean, you know, good luck. Now, maybe I, I don't judge. I don't know what's going on. I'll tell you one thing, but I have learned through time that healings occur is more complex than just I, they, the Bible says it, I believe it, therefore it's happened. Boom. Really? Is that love? Is that kingdom reality? Is that what we see in Jesus? No. We see an invitation to participate. I'm sorry, but this means you. You can't sit on your butt and just sort of say, that's a good idea, I think I'll think about that and eat an egg. I mean, it's actually a participation. And that participation is risky because it's listening to the kingdom reality which is already showing up in your heart and mind. I know that God is speaking to you. And you're living on two planes at the same time. One is your natural self. I mean, you've got to eat. The, the disciples had to wash clothes. We know they fought with each other. But the other is the still small voice in your heart and mind, the 
areas of your life that are opening up before you, which are hard to give utterance to, like, I love you, or I feel called to do this, or moving in this direction, or giving. You know, the first time I ever heard the prayer of humble access, which we say here, I was sitting in the pew, I had no idea if I was gonna be here or not, but I wanted to worship, and I read the prayer, and God spoke to me and said, if, if they are doing that, if Jacob is doing that prayer here, and this church is committed to that word, you need to tithe here. I knew it, I knew it was what I was supposed to do. It didn't have anything to do with anything other than the word that I heard inside myself. And you hear those words yourself. And so I would say it's a participation. Jesus says, where love is, there I am. And Jesus came for a battle, didn't he? Don't forget this. He is the light of the world battling against darkness. And we also are in that battle. And so if healing is occurring, it's occurring in the midst of that battle. And so after healing takes place, very often we see, as we heard from this pulpit so well, did he really say that? Or as we heard today, did you really get your sight? Did that actually happen? And trust me, Donald Duck on this shoulder, is that what they have in the Disney show? He will ask you the question immediately upon believing the, where the spirit has sent you, uh, well, did, did, that, did that really happen? And yet you, you need to, to say, I learned this from a great teacher, when Donald Duck says that to you and you're following the will of God, I want you to turn and say, thank you for sharing and just keep on going because that's where it is. It's about receiving. You know, when I was, um, I sat next to a woman um, at the um, Episcopal Historical Society. You may not know there's an Episcopal Historical Society, but there is, and they give out grants to people to do PhDs, and I sat next to a woman, and she, um, I asked her, what's your PhD on? And, Episcopal priest, and she said it was on um, the fact that Jesus really was a man who had come to earth from another planet. Take it in. <laughs> and I'm, I'm eating the food, you know, I'm like, I'm at the table, and it says Episcopal historian. That's fancy, right? And there's PhDs all around us. And I said, tell me more about it. And she starts quoting all this stuff from John. You know, I came to earth, but I'm going back. He said, see, he said it was going back. And the whole time I'm sitting there eating dinner thinking, I want to ask her one question. Just one question. Finally, I wait because I don't want her to get insulted. And I ask, do you watch the Twilight Zone? <laughs> of course, she did. See, she was caught up in the blindness she was caught up in her own blindness. We are caught up in our blindness that we can see what we know. But Jesus has a promise for us in the kingdom that the blind 
we'll see. And as we live into the knowledge that we're blind, we're ready to go over to you. I absolutely have no idea what to do. So, I mean, whatever you do is going to be better than what I think of. You get me? And that's the process of really, of healing. And healing is an astounding thing. When I was a chaplain at NYU, I prayed for a boy who had a brain tumor. And they were going to operate on him. He was getting ready for the operation. And uh, they had seen the, the brain tumor. And uh, I prayed for him. And I, I didn't have a lot of faith. I didn't think he was going to get better. But I mean, I just did it. Oh, gosh. And then I left the room with painful parents. And I thought it was. You know, I have a son, whatever. And uh, weeks later, I'm in the elevator, and God help me, the mother and comes into the elevator with a friend, and I'm thinking, try to get to the other side of the elevator because you, you didn't help these folks at all, and you're a bad chaplain, and you didn't even know how to talk to it. Uh, and I'm, like, trying to step away. And the woman starts pointing to me. And I'm like, oh, God, here it goes. And um, finally, she points to me, points to me. She's very excited. And I get off the elevator, and she says, that's the woman. That's the woman who did it. And I was like, what? And she said, we, they didn't need to operate. It, it reduced in size, and they didn't need to operate, and they don't think they ever will. And we know that it's your prayer. That's when it happened. And I thought. Oh my God, what is this thing that God does? So let me tell you a third thing about, you like threes. I think I had two, I hope, whatever. Let me tell you a third thing about the kingdom. It shows up where we don't expect it where we don't know what has happened or why. And as the man says so beautifully, I don't know. I was blind, and now I see. So may God bless you and keep you. And may he allow you this morning to be a receiver, to open up your heart to all that he has to give you. For he really means it. It's happening now, and you're a part of it. And what you're hearing is what he is saying to you. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.